0: Hey, this is Robert Gowan and you're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast, and joining me is Rudy Lindsey.
1: Hey, how you doing tonight, Robert? Yeah,
0: I'm doing great, man. I'm trying to stay warm down here. It's not sunny uh, Atlanta anymore. We're we're probably in the 30s. Of course, that's probably nothing on what you've got on you up there in uh, good old New York. Uh,
1: what are you in the teens right now? Oh, it's dropping quick, buddy. It's uh, getting, supposed to get another snowstorm tonight wow geez okay well
0: we'll try to make it quick for you so that way you can sit by your fireplace or your heater uh, for sure uh what a great show that we had last week with scott kinder really appreciate him coming on and sharing a lot about his uh story and his background within the military Uh, had a little bit of an echo problem hopefully we put that uh, beast to bed and we've uh, found our problem and uh, can have a great show tonight without having the echo in in the taping podcast as well uh so uh Also want to throw kind of a shout out to those who've uh, reached out to us and, um, you know, really tried to help us in either lining up guests. And we've got some really fantastic guests uh, coming up in the next couple months, Rudy. And and some of those for March I'm really excited about as well uh, because we've got, uh, uh, you know, Women's Month that's coming up in the month of March. And uh, we should hear uh, from a lot of military spouses and and those who served on active duty for us uh that's uh, going to be a part of the show and share their story and, and that's going to be really exciting and of course the guest in between that as well uh but i've been getting a lot of uh you know text or phone calls and such uh, emails from people that's really reached out to us and told us how much they appreciate what we're doing and uh, of course giving us all kinds of assistance as well and i think you may have ran into the same type of situation
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, the phone's been blowing up. This thing's really starting to take off, Robert. Um, you know, like you mentioned, we're, we're booked all the way out through March with with some really awesome guests, uh, not to mention the one we have tonight. And um, it, it's just uh, it's filling up quick, man, so uh, – waiting for some some good questions and some good interaction and then we'll go from there
0: absolutely and you know we made the itunes new and noteworthy which of course for those who may not be familiar with it in the podcasting community that's something that most people aspire to make and the fact that we made it with only two recordings uh says a lot and how those are selected by the way are uh people that actually work for apple review the podcast or review the material and uh, make those types of decisions so uh, somebody must have heard something and, and uh, felt like we're on the right track and that's pretty exciting as well so we're going to go ahead and jump right in I, I want to let people know a little bit about um, Judy and, and Judy uh, welcome aboard I, I know you're already in the show thank you yep I'm here. All right. So Judy Wade and I go back many years. And Judy, I'm going to probably say seven years is about what I'm guessing, or eight, somewhere around that time frame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was brought in by Headhunter into a big Fortune 50 company. And uh, part of the uh, experience that they wanted us to do is working as an internal consultant to the uh, organization, especially the executive leadership team. And in uh, helping drive some business uh, initiatives and kind of parachute us in, help us fix, the, or we'd help the leadership in that area fix some problems. Judy was the executive coach to my boss, um, who was a VP. And uh, thankfully, Judy was kind enough to say, "Hey, listen, I won't just be an executive coach and and help out uh, him. I'll also help all of you because you guys are kind of in this talent incubator, and we're really trying to." Um, Help put you within the organization and leadership role. And immediately, Judy, I don't know if it's we clicked or I just decided to bug you. I don't know. But uh, at any rate, we we certainly started uh, up a conversation and a relationship at that time frame, and it's been great.
2: Yeah, we did. We actually had a project we were working on together around project management. And uh, as I recall, that was not my passion. That project was not that much fun. But, uh, maybe you enjoyed it more than I did. Uh,
0: yeah, you know, anytime you start dealing with projects that also deal with admin, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's never any fun, um, for sure. And uh, matter of fact, I think Scott uh, was tweeting about that. Um, just this week and and uh, threw something out there about quality versus um, you know employees and when is it good and um, you know there's never a good time when you have to take administrative cuts and you got to work on those types of initiatives uh, that's for sure. So um, you know one of the things I think that are I want to talk about our theme Judy because I mean one of the things that we're really going to push on today and is kind of finding your passion and I think you kind of decided to change that up a little bit and call it something else. So um, you, you called it living your purpose instead of kind of living your passion. But in essence, it's, the, it's really kind of the same thing, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the word passion just kind of makes people think different things or think it's kind of a touchy feely weird kind of word. So uh, living your purpose sounds a little bit more directional, guided, focused. Or sometimes we call it, I've called it living on purpose. So kind of playing a little pun there with the doing something on purpose. It's like, am I living and working on my purpose? Oh,
1: this is going to be really good. I like that. I like that. That's uh, that's a good way to put that. Uh, Personal branding is absolutely critical, and uh, that's something uh, I can't wait to get into. It's going to be awesome.
0: So, now I want to hear a little bit about, and I think it might be good for our listeners to understand a little bit about your background uh, because, of course, I teed up my relationship and how I um, ran into you and how you may have ended up on the show here. But I think it might be helpful to explain to the listeners a little bit about your background history, uh, especially as it relates to executive coaching and training and those types of things. So, um, why don't you give us a little spin on that, a little bio?
2: Sure, thanks. Um, yeah, I have not served in the military, so I come from kind of the corporate world most recently, but I have a variety of work in my background for um, bank, a bank, a family-owned furniture retailer, um, and then some big, pretty big corporations. And I certainly didn't start out my life or my college years thinking that I was going to be a coach or even would do leadership development. It took me a long time, as it does a lot of us, to work through a few jobs and, and go to school and stop school and then go back to school and change my focus. Before I could figure out what it was that that, uh, made me happy and found work that I could get excited about.
0: Your purpose and passion.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) And I had lucky breaks along the way. I mean, Like most people, I made some job decisions for pretty stupid reasons that turned out good, luckily. Like the bank job that I had, I I went to work there because my girlfriend worked there. So that was important, wasn't it? Um, But luckily at that bank, I rose up through the ranks and I got lots of investment in my personal and professional development started doing leadership development work, Um, and then eventually, um, in the company I most recently worked for, the really big corporation that Rob referred to, I just happened to be lucky enough to be in the location, the headquarters, and was asked to do succession planning work with the CEO, which I knew nothing about, so I I, said, well, I guess I got to learn about that right quick. Yeah. Um, so I did. <laughs> so I learned about that, and um, part of succession planning and talking about talent and reviewing talent, and you know what jobs could they take and who might backfill certain roles. Um, I ended up at some point shopping externally for coaches for the company, hiring coaches, and then eventually wanted to do coaching myself. Started in my certification and training, and then developed an internal coach pool started selecting, developing, and managing the internal coaches and still hiring external coaches for the leaders at this company. Um, So it was really exciting, just kind of an evolution that I am lucky to have kind of gotten through. Uh, There were times when I made very purposeful decisions. It wasn't all luck, and maybe all, you know, Rudy, Rob can also talk about times when they've made good and bad decisions and uh, gotten themselves back on purpose occasionally in their careers as well.
1: Absolutely absolutely and, and, and you had mentioned leadership and, uh, and that's something to to our military listeners and vets you know that's something they've had a lot of uh, a lot of experience with and, and as they were growing up through the ranks in the military, whether you were uh, enlisted or officer or, or, or anywhere in between um, is, is gaining those critical uh, leadership skills. And something we try to focus on is how do you how do you bridge that gap or how do you transition? Uh, from that military mindset into uh, an executive role or uh, uh, even, even uh, so far as a, a small business or any type of entrepreneurial uh, adventures, uh, transitioning that, that mental um, – I don't know, that, uh, that mental pattern from the militaries uh, can be challenging and, and intimidating for some
2: people. Yeah, well, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, there's a lot of characteristics and skills that you learn in the military. Maybe some of it's what attracted you to even enlist, but Mm -hmm. also it's a lot of what you learned while you were in there um, that makes you a very uh, valuable employee. So the corporation I came from, and Rob came from, had an associate resource group, so kind of an affinity group formed within the company of um, Mm -hmm. veterans who would meet and learn together and network and... um, Anyway, this corporation was very active in wanting to employ veterans and, and um joining certain types of organizations and doing special things in recruiting to give preference to veterans. Um I was also fortunate enough to coach a senior executive who had been a who i I'm not supposed to once a marine, always a marine, right? So he was yeah, i mean, he, yeah. <laughs> I can't say ex Marine or he was a Marine, he still yeah, is. Yeah. Anyway, he served in the Marines. And some of the very behaviors that made him successful in the Marines, which was way back in his past. Um, but So it was hard to tell whether it was really the Marine training that had kind of formed him or that was his kind of his personality and style to start mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that made him attractive to the Marines. We don't know. But some of those very things were giving him some challenges as an executive. So we worked on... Small things he could do, and still be true to himself. You know, yeah, not, have yeah. to be phony, not have to be phony, or did you
1: did mean, you let him uh, did you let him keep talking with the knife hand? Marines <laughs> <laughs> are notorious for that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, he
2: was—it was interesting that he was somebody who he obviously had really good posture. Uh, uh-huh, so uh-huh. he, but the way he held himself, literally um, the stiffness that people saw, his facial yeah, expressions—not yeah. being just kind of friendly, smiley, stoic—you yeah. know—all those things um, would kind of turn people off. So you know, I did, we didn't work on just you know, just <laughs> just got a grin. You just got to smile like a goofy. No, you know. We, uh, you know
1: that, Judy, that was one of my biggest challenges when I, when I first got out, and I've only been out for uh, upwards of two years now, but uh, I, I fell right into that role where um, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of uh, business executives and some, uh, a lot of high-level interagency-type uh, folks, and um, uh, something I had to learn real quick to deal with was being stoic, and this is what uh, it sounds like you're describing – um and and that's something that uh I, I think the best recommendation uh that i've learned and i learned it from my wife actually was to just smile and it, and it kind of softens your whole softens the whole approach
2: yeah you know he um you know we talked about that and and um he wasn't as comfortable thinkin', thinking that would be a little artificial but he certainly yeah, yeah. It. um what we did too is we kind of looked at okay let's I had him list people who were most critical for him to have the best relationships with in the company. Mm-hmm. So who do you really need to influence? who do you need to understand and communicate well with, and kind of let's kind of target them. So the next time you're in a meeting with them, whether it's on the phone or in person, what little thing can you do? or yeah, you know, so he committed to start when he traveled, you know, inviting some people out to lunch or dinner and try not to talk too much shop, socialize mm-hmm. even. On breaks and meetings, instead of, you know, going to his phone and checking his messages or whatever, chat with people. And so I got him to see that as a task. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. so this is a task too, right? Put this on your to-do list. There you go, there you go. Yeah, it's got to be a priority. Socialize (laughs) with people, communicate, maybe share a little personal information, the weather, your dog, talk about your family, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. That just did not come naturally to him. That to him was not what business was. So... He had
3: to accept it. I think that's a
0: really good example, though, because of course you use somebody that's in the military, and I do know who you're talking about. Um, Love the guy. I I really appreciated um, him coming in and giving a briefing to one of the uh, classes that I was in in the executive program. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I think that might be helpful, too, and you're kind of describing that, is what does an executive coach do? I mean, really what you're doing is you're kind of in his corner or her corner. And um, trying to let them know how they could be better, how they could better communicate um, their style of um, management, um, becoming looking introspectively at themselves. Uh, I mean, there's so much that goes into that. Yeah, Maybe yeah, it might body be body language. Bit, yeah, I mean. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more, Judy, about what really. I mean, people are going to hear executive coaching. They're going to go, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be an, uh, an executive, or that's not me, or whatever." But there's really more that goes into that.
2: Yeah, definitely. And there are all types of coaches. And actually, that's kind of a watch out too. There are a lot of people, um, as they figured out that coaching is profitable, there are a lot of people out there calling themselves coaches. If you've heard life coaches, there are mm-hmm. career coaches, and uh, business coaches. So it's really important to, you, if you think you might want to work with a coach, is to kind of do your research and really understand what you need and what you're looking for. So a coach basically is somebody who has the skills and training to help you reach some kind of a goal, whether um, you're dissatisfied with something or need to make some type of a change, or you're getting feedback that um, you know the way you are is not very effective, or you have a flat side or a downside or a weakness that maybe is holding you back in some way. You're not getting the job mm-hmm. you want, or you may not get promoted, or nobody wants to work with you. You're really smart, but nobody likes you, you know, they don't, they don't they're not going to share information with you, they're not going to communicate you go. with you, all that stuff, so right. coaching basically is about helping people make and then sustain some type of positive change that they want, it may be a behavior, a self-defeating behavior, um, maybe it's just helping them stay focused on something they, they know they need to do, they just haven't been able to stick with it, it may be helping them apply their strengths uh, mm-hmm. to a weakness, a weak area. Or even helping them get more feedback to understand what, how other people perceive them, their strengths and weaknesses. Um, so, coaching is very—it's different than mentoring. So, this organization is called Mentors for Military, and I think most of your guests, when they're talking, will be doing more of what we would consider mentoring, which is somebody mm-hmm. who has. So, a mentor is somebody who's been there, done that, is going to give you advice from their experience, kind of share their experience and their wisdom, and give you advice. Um, coaching is typically, there's very little advice giving. It's all about helping you get there for yourself. Um, a couple of descriptions I like are that coaches are thinking partners, an objective outside person who in a supportive way can really listen more deeply without judging you, but yet challenge you and push you. If they hear that you're making assumptions or coming to conclusions that may or may not be good or right. Um, They're also an accountability partner who helps you set make steps towards what it is you want to achieve and hold you accountable. So in some ways, they're kind of that caring nag that pushes you along a bit, at the same time with empathy and you know understanding. So they can also help you get feedback um, from others. And, of course, you can do that too. We could talk about that later maybe when we talk about branding and trying to get your brand clear. But, mm-hmm. um, for instance, with, with that senior executive I coached who was, uh, who was the Marine, um, I helped him get impression feedback, we called it, sent out messages to a variety of leaders who were important to him and gathered feedback about him, a few targeted questions, and then summarized that and, and gave it back to him anonymously so he couldn't tell who it was from.
3: Sure, but how sure. wonderful
2: was that to have somebody kind of hold up the mirror and go, oh, what? Wait a minute. They see me this way? I, that's not my intent at all. But, yeah, you know, how, how common that is that our intent is, is not the impact that we have. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think Coach's goal is to get you to narrow down here are some and goals we want to work on with you and then help guide you through those through listening and questioning maybe sharing ideas but not giving a lot of advice not really saying you need to go do this or here's the way to fix this or this is what you need to do and you know sure, as sure.
0: i ran into my um i call her a life coach and you know who i'm talking about um mm-hmm. diane is a really special individual that uh worked together with me and um uh, a life coach again is one of those things that um you got to be careful about, but really what she did is got, she got into this the soul or the core of me and everything was about, like you had mentioned, an assignment, um, something I needed to work on, something I needed to think about, uh, and I needed to take the time to do that and to reflect on it and do it in a way that I, when I came back, um, it, it should have been very profound. It it shouldn't just be homework, you know, of something I do, but I should get something out of it Um, and I think I'd mentioned to Rudy, and I've mentioned to you as well, at first I went in there kicking and screaming. Uh, You know, it was one of these things, I don't want to go. I think it's going to be a waste of my time and the whole bit. And um, honestly, within the first 10 or 15 minutes, I felt so relaxed. I felt like I was on a couch. You know, one of these (laughs) things where I'm spilling my soul. I'm talking about things I probably shouldn't be talking about, the whole thing. But it was great. And I mean, very Cathartic. I mean, it was so relieving um, and so helpful um, to me, not just from a professional standpoint, but from a personal standpoint as well.
1: Sure, and it's something that that I find very interesting is is this type of coaching, whether it's executive, whether it's life, whether I mean, whatever whatever special category you want to you want to fit yourself into, um, I, I think it applies to pretty much all aspects and all walks of life. Um, you know, I had a, I had a very good friend of mine, uh, not too long ago, uh, very well known, very successful professional angler, uh, told me a story about how he went to his life coach and I was shocked, you know, and, uh, so he, he's, he's telling the story about the life coach and, and how, uh, in professional angling, there's a lot of stress and a lot of, uh, a lot of pressure put on you. And, uh, he had a problem managing that stress and he would lose his temper and thus lose his focus. Uh, from that but uh, you know the coach gave him a a, a simple uh, uh, tool to use and uh, he created a sticker with a with a logo on it uh, and 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 put it on the bow very bow of his boat so that you know during a tournament if it wasn't going his way he started losing his focus and getting frustrated he would simply look down at that and it would refocus and uh you know get his thoughts back on track and his head in the game i I can see this applying across all kinds of different uh all kinds of different walks of life
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. And there are coaches now who are specializing. There's kind of like niche niche groups forming. Uh And I, by the way, before, earlier, a couple days ago, I Googled military coach or coach for military. And there are people out there who are doing coaching specifically geared toward people either in the military or maybe veterans. But there Mm -hmm. are coaches um, who have specialized and got special training to help them coach physicians, teachers. Um, So it's a big enough business. Um, and it's a successful enough method for helping people develop as leaders and individuals that it's starting to kind of specialize like a lot of businesses do, and they get big sure, enough, sure. need is clear, uh-huh, and then all of a sudden, uh-huh. <laughs> all these specialties will pop up. Um, it, yeah. So, yeah.
1: That, that's something I think, it, it, more importantly, I think that applies directly to someone with a military background. And, um, you know, I still struggle with that. My wife will throw, a, throw an elbow in my rib quick uh, when we're out in public, and I'm. <laughs> I'm being too uh, military-like, you know, if you will. Um, and it's it's just a it's a it's almost a different culture. And I think our, our, our active duty and, and veteran listeners, uh, it's something you could uh, definitely uh, do some research on and follow up with and um, and look into that. If you if, if you find yourself in that position, I mean, uh, reach out and educate yourself. It's uh, it's very easy to do, and there's a there's a lot of subject matter experts out there. Yeah,
3: so.
2: Also- Rudy, really something you just said made me think about a lot of the coaching I did at this big corporation. Not people mm-hmm. who were in the military, but a lot of the coaching or the, the misbehavior that got people maybe sent to me uh-huh. um, was um, them showing their own anger and frustration in the company. So, you know, sure, impatience, sure. anger, frustration, raising their voice, maybe using language, whatever, even in a yeah, yeah. professional big corporation. But So we would work on uh, identifying what their triggers were. Um, so that's what I call them triggers. And uh-huh. I'd have them think about the people and situations that really ticked them off the most. When did they feel that resentment, that frustration, that whatever building? Um, and list those things down and then talk about okay, so when this happens again, what else can you do instead? What's a better yes, way? Yes. You're, you're clearly hearing that the way you're reacting is not getting you where you want to be in this company, right? So, yep, and there happens to be, there's a really good, book that's relatively new that was just written called Triggers by a gentleman named Marshall Goldsmith who is considered kind of the premier um, executive coach in the world. Actually, he's pretty well known. He's written all kinds of books. He's written that book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There, about past stresses won't necessarily get you into the new roles you seek. But this book called Triggers really helps you think about situations that cause that stress reaction that you don't want when you know that You're not proud of how you acted or what you said or how you handled something and you're regretting it and kind of choose different behaviors. So that ended up being the gist of a lot of the coaching I did was helping people figure that out. Now, I didn't go into, so I'm not a counselor. So coaching Mm -hmm. also isn't counseling or therapy. I didn't necessarily go into why and, oh, what? You know, why does this bother you so much? Did your mommy or daddy talk to you that way? You know, we, just go, we don't go there. We don't go yeah, into yeah. the whole back. It's more of the let me deal with right now what's happening, and then going forward, how can you choose something better for yourself?
0: So, how do you get them to think about um, their purpose or their passion? Um, how, you know, when you start working on that, and that's kind of the assignment, because um, especially since that's the topic of this show. But how do you get them to really start thinking about that? Some people think they know what it is. Others may know what it is but don't know how to apply it to their everyday, um, every task. And that's what's so important so key about it is if you can apply it to what you do, um, you're going to be a lot more successful. So, I mean, how do you find it in the first place if someone might not know how to to go about that?
2: Yeah, I think um, most people who I worked with either they didn't know what was wrong. They only knew they were unhappy with their work that this wonderful job they thought they wanted, they wanted to be an executive or they wanted to climb this ladder. You know, they climb the ladder of what they thought was success and they get to the top of the ladder and they realize they're on the wrong wall. Uh, didn't, it's not where they wanted to be at all. It takes months or maybe even years before they realize, I'm not doing, I don't enjoy this. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So typically they would have a sense that they were not living their passion or purpose. They were some deep dissatisfaction or a hint of it anyway. So even as I was coaching some of the most high potential leaders, um, if they would confide in me that they just weren't that happy, that they were thinking about you know, leaving or asking for a demotion or moving off this track because they weren't happy, um, we would kind of go down that path of trying to get them to see, well, what is it you, most of them would be, I don't know, I just know I don't want this, which mm-hmm. may be what a lot of the listeners realize that it's easy for them to figure out what they don't want. Okay, I can look at a list of occupations or things to do in life, and I can cross off the ones I don't want pretty easily, but I'm having a hard time really anchoring on you know, what's, what's important to me.
1: Sure, sure. Robert, we got a question on the, uh, on the chat, um, and Judy, real quick, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll direct it at you. It, it's, it's not on the, necessarily on the topic of, uh, of finding your passion or purpose, but uh, the gentleman's asking or the, or the lady's asking, how do I figure out whether or not a dual degree – Will be better than a single degree after leaving the military.
2: Huh? You know, I um, I got asked questions like that a lot in my career about, uh-huh. you know, is it worth me going back for an MBA? Or, I was told the other person who got this job had a an MBA or had a this or had something sure. more than I did. Or is it worth going back to school? Um, I wish there was a an easy answer. You know, the the not trying to be a smarty, but of course it all depends. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> it all depends on on that. To me, it's um. If it is learning you want and learning that you feel like will get you closer to your purpose, it's not just something that you're doing mm-hmm. satisfy somebody else because it's expensive. Uh, going to school is expensive. It's a lot of use of your personal time, stressful. Um, chances are it may not be worth it if you're doing it mm-hmm. just to try to get a job that maybe you don't even know if you want yet or not. I would sure, encourage them sure. to kind of think back a few steps take a few steps back and make sure they're really clear on what is it I really am going for and is that what I want, does that meet my values, what's important yes, to me in yeah. life, it fulfill me, give me satisfaction. Uh so. I, I think you
1: hit the. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Uh, as far as does it tie into your purpose? You know, does it tie into to what you really want to want to be able to do? Some of the best you CEOs know. out there only have a
0: single degree as well. So I mean, yeah. you yeah. know, I, I was one of those that felt like I needed to go on and and get my master's. Um, but I, I can tell you, I ran into so many great leaders out there that you find out don't have that second degree. So I think, um, I think it's really important, like you said, um, Judy, that. If you know who you are and you know, again, what you're giving up um, in time, um, you know, everything else that goes along with that um, and the struggles that you may give up with your family, uh, so on and so forth, you got to really weigh that uh, to determine if that's for you. And I, that's what I really liked about that is, you know, is that you? Because it's really yeah, a yeah. personal decision when it gets down to it.
1: Sure, sure. And do you well, really uh... – um,
2: if a jo- if a company that you're interviewing with or a job you seek – If they truly value degrees over experience and you feel like you have the experience you need, some of it may be that you're just having difficulty in the interview or in the application process with Mm -hmm. translating. How does your experience in the military or elsewhere apply to this role? How can you generalize that into here's experiences I have had? No, I don't have the master's or whatever it is. Here's how I have some equivalent experiences. Like right, that, right. Um, to have the confidence to be able to say that, because yeah. as Rob mentioned, there are plenty of very high-level executives in big companies who have a single degree. Some don't have any college degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes just kind of surprising. Yeah, I've <laughs> ran into both,
0: uh, definitely, but certainly the uh, the single degree. And I was quite surprised because coming in the military, you know, or I should say exiting the military, I thought that that was. Um, something that was really important in the private sector, and yet, um, like you said, it's it's really not. Um, it's about how do you, how are you going to add value? And we talked about this last week exactly. this, with Scott. It, it really boils down to how are you going to add value to the organization? If you can sell that aspect to your future employer. Or whether it's your next employer, that's the key, or your even current boss. So, if you get on the subject of passion and, and purpose, if you can apply your passion, purpose to your job, along with your education, all the other skills and talents that you have with it, you're a more complete person. You're oh, that's doing a win better. Right there. Yeah, you're you're doing better at your at your work, um, and in applying something you enjoy doing. I think Judy, that's what you really try to get them to think about, right? Yeah,
2: and through a variety of. Um I mean it takes a lot of introspective introspection self thought you know nobody can do this for you so if you're a person who is not very impatient with all that blah blah touchy feely deep thinking it's like you know you got to just like rob said he kicked and screamed and then realized the value he was getting from that sure, coach sure. now that coach he worked with did a battery of like seven different assessments so he got all kinds of oh wow
0: yeah i was dissected uh, yeah yeah
2: <laughs> she she
0: played the uh the operation <laughs> room on me and uh yeah yeah,
2: yeah. so sure. and not all coaches do that but typically when you get in a coaching engagement with somebody you start with some types of assessments if the person do- hasn't really thought about their behavior, their values, how they mm-hmm. present themselves, how others might see them. You go through a, a period of a few meetings and then some assessments where you get feedback for them or you have them do different personality indicators, leadership style indicators, decision making, stress management to assessments, so that they can kind of really start thinking about themselves um, and build that awareness to be able to really understand, well, wait a minute, who am I really? What is my passion? Sure, sure. Where am I going?
0: You know that that is um, who you are really, because um, I mean, as simple as that may sound, um, a lot of people, you know, I we joke last week as well, but I do it all the time. That um, I don't, I don't know that I've really grown up. I'm still a, a child in some ways, and trying to maneuver my way into what do I want to be when I grow up, uh, kind of thing, but. Um, and I think we all kind of go through that in some sense, but it's truly about knowing who you are and where, you're, where your center is. And I know that sounds kind of crazy and hokey, but that, that's really what you're talking about is um, if you find that and you find what kind of makes the heartbeat, what makes you get up in the morning, um, what stops you from hitting that alarm two or three times on the snooze button, um, that's where you're starting to hit it. I think that's the, that's the sweet spot.
2: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There are lots of um, activities that a coach or a a career person can kind of guide you through to help you really think about uh, things that, you know, what would you do even if you didn't get paid? What's the work that so turns you on? Or think about a time in your life, a work situation where you were so jazzed up that you could feel a certain energy or lightness in your body and excitement. And so think about that moment. Try to find one in your past. Let's talk about, so where were you and what were you doing and what was that like and what were the people like? And you kind of really get them to focus on, okay, have I had that kind of an experience? And so I'm beginning to assess, oh, what was it about that experience that made me feel so excited that, oh, that you've passion, got me drifting now action. because I'm thinking about fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Landing that big. <laughs> Pulling in that big fish. Yeah, Everything exactly. Perfect. So you have them think of a really positive, some people call them peak experiences, or uh, it's kind of the whole field of positive psychology, too. So think about a time when you were doing really well. What was it about that? So you can kind of dig in and find out oh, so it sounds like. Um, giving back to others is really important to you. Oh, it sounds like creativity and freedom, or you like to be independent. Sounds like you really love leading a team in a crisis. You can kind of start finding pieces. Um, There are lots of activities. One of them I put in a tweet earlier today that help people get started with sorting through values and figuring out um, what values are most important to you in your life and your career decisions, your lot of personal decisions. When you're under stress and frustrated and don't know what to do, if you can come back to those values and kind of use them as your screen, as your filter, and go, ah, okay, I... I think I see which one of these is probably going to be most fulfilling to me. And chances are, if you're that satisfied and passionate and you're on purpose, you're living on working on your purpose, your performance, your achievement is going to be there. People, right?
0: will, yeah, people will notice that. And in the same token, we've got a great question here. So what are the red flags or warning signs that maybe you're not headed towards your passion in, or you know, in your current right. career?
2: Ah, well... Robin, Rudy, you can share too, so I can I can share a little bit yeah. from my own personal experience. So we've all probably oh, yeah. had that, yeah. where um, for me, um, it was a few years ago, it, it uh, took me a long time to figure out what was going on, because I was in a job basically that um, was exciting on the surface to me. I was proud to have it. I was getting paid really well. So there was all kinds of things that were tempting about that job, but eventually I realized how gosh, I'm so grumpy every day or every night. Or when I get up in the morning, I'm moaning and groaning. Or when I'm, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, I just, I feel like this is kind of eating at me. I'm I'm not proud of what I'm doing, even though other people are saying it's great. This isn't doing it for me or something. So it took a long time for that kind of internal unhappiness to, you know, to Mm -hmm. rise up there. Um, And then I began to worry that, okay, now if that's starting to show on the outside, so if I'm starting to behave a little negatively or I'm cynical or I'm grumpy at work, then I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot, right? So that's kind of a, mm-hmm. a warning and a watch out that I'm not my best me. I can tell, I can feel it.
0: Hitting that snooze button second or third time—that's
1: a—that's yeah, a dead ringer right there. That, that, yeah. that happened to me. That happened to me at the 25 and a half years in the military and special operations. It—I uh, was getting to the point where I was—I was getting pretty senior in rank, and um, you know, I, I, I didn't happen to agree all the time and and i'm an, an extremely honest person and uh, and very outgoing and not afraid to speak my mind about things and uh, i found myself uh my directness um and my lack of patience was was getting to the point that it could have been detrimental for me and uh don't get me wrong i had a very successful career and left on a very high note but uh you know Tying it back in to, to wanting to hit the snooze or being short and, and cranky when I got home from work uh, or, or something similar to that—it's uh, you're hitting the nail on the head there.
2: Yep, Yeah, Rob. How about you? You uh, when we talked a little earlier when you've in your career when you've kind of you thought you got something you wanted, which was to be an executive, and then
0: yeah, how did you know? You know, it was, it's funny because, you know, when I was in the military, um, one of the things I always wanted to do was, of course, rise to the ranks. I was an enlisted soldier, but I always knew that getting out, that uh, I wanted to go on the executive side. My goal was to actually rise up through the corporate ranks and become a CEO of a big uh, Fortune 500 company. And, you know, I had these great goals and everybody laughed and the whole bit. Um, so, of course, you know, earlier question about should you get your second degree automatically assumed, okay, if you have an MBA, that's a ticket to X, um, <clears throat> and and jumped out there uh, with my – both feet, as a matter of fact. And I, I landed on some really great success, worked my way up to the ranks, and, of course, left as an executive of the company that we both shared there, Judy. And, um, and, and a, you know, it, it was – there's a reason why executives um, are are compensated the way they are, because there's a boatload of stress that comes along with those requirements. Oh, yes. and, yeah uh, And I think a lot of folks under, uh, kind of don't realize that. Uh, but I think, too, I started realizing that I loved—it's been 14 years since I've been out, so I really loved the military community. I knew that I had um, achieved things along the way, learned things through my past life, and I got to the point where, wow, what if I could— find a way to give back and um, I I really found that that was my passion there's other things that I found as well that were my passion that kind of complement that in terms of thinking strategically working with organizations Mm -hmm. uh, helping them grow um, helping them become more successful um, whether it's uh, better through uh, throughput more uh, you know bottom line profits uh, whatever that case may be well that kind of fits very well in handshakes with um, this in some ways, because again, it's about mentoring and it's about kind of giving back in some way. So yeah, I, I definitely found my passion. And again, it was, um, it was that coach that we were talking about that I I lost my way. Um, uh, for a while there, I started looking at what does it take to, to climb the ladder? What does it take to, um, you know, uh do certain things and, um, forgot that that may not necessarily be what I'm most passionate about. Um, you know i thought it was
1: uh, yeah but I, I, and that, that coach helped you helped you uh refocus that you absolutely Um uh, yeah.
0: it was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it really hit at a really uh, critical moment as well um in my lifetime so again that's why i said i felt like i was on the couch because it was a very vulnerable opportunity that where you know i spilled my guts and it was like mm-hmm. wow you know i can see how this relates to this and you probably are too rudy and just thinking about how it applies to your everyday life you've already mentioned mm-hmm. your past life in the military um, you can certainly see how this type of stuff can be beneficial.
1: Absolutely, we're we're firing on all cylinders here. These are some uh, very good, uh, very good talking points. Um, you got to get the word out. People, some people don't know. You know, they don't know that uh, these resources are available. They don't know how to take that first step into. And, and, and I think uh, I think we're all you know to put it in military terms. We're talking about a self assessment. Yeah. Being able to do, the, do an accurate AAR of yourself. You know, and find where you're at, where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are. Yeah. And how to uh, apply those appropriately. Be willing
0: to be open to hearing your weaknesses is one of the biggest things. Uh, Yes. yes. A lot of of people are maybe they think they're open to hearing them and then when they start listening to somebody who's a coach who again is not telling you but maybe um, some of the questions or way in which they're guiding or leading the conversation you begin to realize that you're getting you know uneasy. Um, Mm -hmm. You're hitting on soft spots you know that um, quite honestly, um, you should recognize right then and be prepared to start making those kind of corrections. Um, so I, I, I think for me, it was one of the best things that ever happened. Um, it certainly got my center back in alignment. Um, I know now more about who I am, what direction I'm going, what are the things that I want to do? Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it's about making sure that you always understand that purpose or passion. Yeah, the, the,
2: um, it's definitely a lot of hard work, and it can be a tough pill to swallow to admit that you've invested a lot of years and time doing something and kind of letting go of that, of who you thought you were, who you were trying to be. A lot of us mm-hmm. listen to really strong messages from our family, our teachers, or whatever when we're young about who we should be or what we should do. Um, organizations have pretty clear goals and mission and purpose statements, and so they know what they want. And if you're in that organization and you're not quite clear, chances are you're going to be led from one thing to another. The organization will pull you into jobs. You'll be offered things that maybe you feel like you don't want to say no to or whatever, and pretty soon you realize, like Rob did maybe, it's like, oh, it's not exactly where I wanted to go. The good news is, as Rudy said, there's a ton of resources out there. A few days ago when I connected with Rob, I decided to start Googling anything and everything I could find. I was putting Mm -hmm. in veterans and military and coaching and career coaches and found so many websites like okay i guess i could stop looking now there are tons <laughs> of things out there for you all if you just google a few keywords like if you google value sort if you google military coach career coach help so much out there yeah there are so many free online self assessments of a variety of kinds so tons talk- of good tons of good books that i could recommend or i even thought after this after the call Um, I would tweet out over the next few days a few more links to what I think are some of the better books and articles or self-assessments out there for people. If you can't afford a coach or the time with a coach, um, some do-it-yourself reading and uh, quiet thought and really being honest with yourself, there are a lot of tools out there that can help you with this.
0: Yeah, and and, you know, I think it's also um, one of the things that you had mentioned is kind of creating your own personal mission statement, kind of your um, elevator speech, that, that way to, to quickly identify and express who it is that you are and what it is that you're wanting to achieve.
2: Yeah, definitely. Have you all talked about, did you talk about elevator speech in one of your other podcasts?
0: No, no. no. Okay,
2: okay so no, I don't know if yet. a lot of people, a lot of people may not know what the heck's an elevator speech, but the, basically the idea is if you're on, you get on the elevator with somebody and you introduce yourself or whatever and they say, hey, what do you do? Boom, what's your elevator speech? A, a one minute, a two or three sentences. Or they say, you say, oh, I have my own business. They say, oh, what's your, what do you do? What's your business? Have you got a nice, clear, crisp thing that can state pretty closely, here's what I do, here's how I do it, in a positive way that you've, you've got that down, you've internalized it. That's not easy. It sounds like, you know, kind of schmoozing or BS or things, marketing yeah, yeah. yourself that people aren't comfortable with. But
0: it's something um, to practice over and over and over again. I mean, you really gotta do it in your car, you gotta do it to your relatives. Do the mirror, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you may have, like you had mentioned, Rudy your spouse, you may have a friend, a uh, really close friend or a spouse that go, That's that's not you. Um that's yeah. not what, what you should be or how you should be presenting it or the way you're presenting it has come across, you know, coming across this way. Um, I think those are also helpful as well. Bounce those things off of other people so that you can get that feedback. But stick to who you are uh, sure, as well. Sure.
1: Robert, we've got a really good question from Sarah. Um, uh, she said she's asking. Let's say you finally decide you found your passion, uh, and this sounds similar. You might be able to speak to this. Uh, is it okay to take a step back, career wise and pay wise, maybe from a manager to entry level? Uh, also, uh, there's a lot of pride to swallow with that. Are, any special tips uh for that.
2: Uh well I can speak to that and so can you, Rob, I think. All right. So I um twice in my career at the corporation that I just left that Rob was a part of, I was there for fourteen years twice mm-hmm. because I was unhappy with what I was doing and it took me a long time. It took me being I don't know that I was clinically depressed, but pretty unhappy, mm-hmm. calling in sick occasionally. I had a lot of colds. I mean literally sure, I sure. uh, eating well, taking care of myself, all kinds of things where I just wasn't feeling good twice I redesigned my job Um, I decided you know I'm not happy managing this team I like the individual work so I proposed a new role for myself to move down from a management role and I thought okay this could be it could be career suicide for me here at this company but um, at that point it's like you know I'm not sure I care about that if they're going to judge me that way that's okay I feel like I need to do this for me so I took two I did that and then I took a step later uh, a few years later To go part time um, because I wanted to do volunteer work because I had kind of found some things I was passionate about or things I wasn't getting from my work, Mm -hmm. which we haven't really talked about that yet because some people may say, oh, this passion and purpose stuff is all very good, but I got to have a job and make some money. You know, I got bills and I have a family. Like, yeah, you often do. So take the job, pay your bills, get the money, stabilize yourself, but stay true to looking for what you want um, if you can, or find ways in other aspects of your life to fulfill your your values like for me it was the volunteer work that kept me going into this big company and doing work that was stressful and frustrating but if i Mm -hmm. could do that it helped me get through um it was kind of a win-win okay i get to not only stay in this company and do some work i do value but it's stressful and do this much more fun personally satisfying um volunteer work that's awesome obviously that's a really personal decision that you have to Depending on the others in your life, really talk that through and make sure you could do it um, before taking that step back.
1: Having confidence in yourself and your in your decision making too. You know, once you have figured that out, I think it should be a light bulb going off in your head. You know, having that epiphany is like, oh, you know what? This is this is not uh, not healthy for me. You know, and I think I think uh, individual health is important as well. Um, yeah, you know, most I, definitely. I got a I got out of the military and uh, I was I was broken all over, you know. Um, just black eyes, looked looking tired and I tell you I don't look like that today. And um, it uh, I feel better. I feel the best I have ever felt in my life and uh, I'm loving it.
0: You know, it's in, in when you mentioned about uh, finding um, those right opportunities are things that kind of center in on your values or your purpose and passion. It's, it's so important, like you said, Judy, not just to find that uh, within the workspace or looking for another career. And we don't ever want to say, hey, you need to constantly look because sometimes you'll find and I, I used an old saying with some of my um folks that work for me that sometimes you'll find that the grass is greener over the septic tank. So just because it's greener over there doesn't mean (laughs) that it's actually um, much better once you get there. And you may find that you're running into the same troubles that you had before because it's really you. Um, And if you find that purpose and passion and you can exercise it either within your work that you're doing or outside of the work that you're doing, you're going to be a lot better off. And a very wise leader that, Judy, you and I know – Mentioned something to me a long time ago that that really stuck with me, and it was at the same time frame that you and I met. And that was, um, you know, the best jobs out there are not the ones that are always advertised on the career page. They're the ones that you you create. So if you can find a way within your organization to look around within your environment, uh, whether it's your current you know, department that you work in, or whether it's in another department or somewhere within the company. But if you can find a way for it to be beneficial to the organization, add value, and it it complements your passion and the things that you feel more, more uh, you know, close about, um, you're going to, you can probably convince a leader or a manager that that makes sense. You know, nine times out of 10, they're having a look at a Um, a job description list and specific titles and everything else out there that they're trying to match and they may not be quite aware of all the things that are going on uh, on out there but if they could fit what you're talking about into one of those job descriptions, you've just created a position for you and I can tell you that probably 75% of the jobs that I've been in, I help create so it's a, it's really I hate to use the term win-win because it gets overused but it's really a win-win when you can do that kind of stuff
2: you know, Rob you brought up. You brought between,
1: up uh, your capabilities. Go ahead, Judy.
2: Oh sorry Rob, you brought up something interesting there when you first started talking to about that a lot of people um fall in this trap of just thinking, Well, I'll be happy when and so they, they just keep changing jobs and thinking, Oh, I thought I really wanted that, I got it, that wasn't it, so I'm moving on to something else and um if you don't really know yourself you're you're just gonna be on this constant path. So there's a, a little phrase I think of often, I don't know where I got this about the uh, wherever I go, I go, too, and spoil everything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've
0: heard never the first part. I've never heard the one, tail but... end of that one, yeah.
2: So you could take the end and spoil everything off, but wherever I go, I go, too. So I'm still the same me. So you may realize, um, um, okay, so the three jobs I've had over the last ten years, I've been happy, unhappy at all of them. I didn't perform all that well, or I left, or they moved, they moved me on or something. What, what was common? Oh, hmm, well, the common denominator was mm-hmm. me. Um, and what was it about me? What uh, If I didn't perform at my best, why was that? Did I really like that work? Was I satisfied with that work? Was I learning, growing, challenged, happy? And in that case, uh, you're not
0: going to feel any satisfied if you take a step down or take a, a less pay or whatever the case may be because okay. you're still not going to be in the position that you, you really want to apply yourself at, you know. So what, what is it about then? Is that the branding, the elevator speech? Is that the personal brand that you then um, – is that what it's about? Or what is the personal branding when we talk about that?
2: Well, I think that if you think about um, a company's brand, I don't know, uh, slogans and logos and you know, organizations have brands that they work very hard to show externally. To me, you have to do some of this internal work that we just talked about, really being sure on your purpose, your values, what's important to you. So that's kind of your own internal workings <laughs> of understanding yeah, yourself. Yeah. And then, how do you brand that on the outside? So how do you take that and apply that somewhere, just like, okay, I've got a really good um, recipe for this Diet Coke, but I um, now I have to figure out how to brand it and compete with all the other Diet Coke diet drinks out there and what's going to be special and what's unique about it. So it's taking that work that you've done about yourself, um, and <clears throat> what you really want to do <clears throat> excuse me and then figuring out, okay, how do I now manage that externally? What reputation do I want to build for myself? What perception do I want people to have of me and my work? and how do I start go about starting to do that? One of the things I often help other people do, or they do, is to get feedback to figure out, well, first of all, what's my current brand? I'm doing air quotes. Nobody can see it except mm-hmm. you two. <laughs> What's <With> my <laughs> current brand? How are people seeing me now? When they hear my name, what do they think of? Literally, it's just like the focus groups they do for Diet Coke. So when you <laughs> hear Diet Coke, what do you think of? And da da da. You know, so the marketing people are trying hard to figure out how do you see this brand? And would you drink it or not? Would you take it? You know, would you use it? Um, so what, what do other people, family, friends, coworkers, people who know you well, what do they see uh, as your unique strengths? what they see is the value you bring, something about your characteristics, your personality. Um, You can ask questions like, what words describe me in your mind? When you see me at work, what words come to mind? So you're kind of getting an idea of what's my current brand compared to maybe what you're thinking you want to be known for. What brand do you want people? How do you want them to see you? What do you want to be able to sell, market, uh, convince somebody in an interview, have them see in an interview? And so then what's the gap between the current and the the ideal that you're going for, and figuring out okay, how do I close that gap? How do I mm-hmm. change how people see me?
1: And, and it needs paid? to be and it needs to be genuine. You know, that's yeah. something too that uh, you know I've I learned uh, in, in another part of my career working um, working with uh, some interagency uh, uh, individuals and, and teams is that you know we we actually learned how to. Uh, paint a different picture for someone and, and and make it come across as believable but it was never anytime that i used it or had to apply it it was never real it was never genuine and and something i'm finding out uh even even now as i'm as i'm trying to uh, get into the fishing industry um you know it's it's got to be genuine once you discover that about yourself and figure it out uh, if it's genuine it'll come naturally and it'll be very easy for you to do
2: yeah, that's really that's a key thing you just said too. If it's really you and you've got it right, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to mm-hmm. polish it up too much. Um, but too often, people think they really have to um, exaggerate or sell something they're not to get something. Um, sure, and that's sure. Dangerous of because then you might actually get something and not <laughs> <Yeah. able> to, <laughs> exactly. not be able to uh, deliver live up to the hype you just sold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I can see it. exactly. Yep, yep. That happens pretty often, so
0: so yeah, that's very good so uh, basically what you're talking about is the same way you know when the purpose and the brand is is start reaching out to those who know you best um, you know talk with them about you um, who you are um, because they they can help you sometimes you know when we take a certain tests, and I know that I took all kinds of different types of tests in this uh, organization is in the program that I was in but Um, you can really mess up a test. You think you're answering the way you would answer and who you are, but you may find that as the test continues on, uh, the reason why you'll see a question very similar to the one before, um, 10 questions up or 20 questions up, is Mm -hmm. because uh, it's trying to figure out are you consistent in the pattern of how you think and what you believe in, or are you trying to just make stuff up, you know?
2: Yeah, trying to give the socially appropriate answer, in other words. Yeah, a lot of assessments have kind of built in, um, it's lie redundancy, detect- yeah. lie detectors. i would going to something else about what they detect. the things, um, but the sad thing is that sometimes people, if you're not even aware that you're doing it, some people still have su- uh, some people can have such a false image of themselves because they really mm-hmm. just haven't done that um, done much reflection. They're totally about action, 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 and they've got a sole focus of something that's important to them, and it's kind of overriding these other things, and they just haven't really done the work to figure out who am I anyway. Um, there are a lot of, by the way, there are a lot of, um, there's several books I can't, you know, named, called Brand You, why are Y-O-U, mm-hmm. so Brand You and Branding, if you even went on Amazon.com and just search for Branding, Self-Marketing or whatever, Marketing Me, you're going to find tons of uh, books and, uh, that have really good tools to kind of walk you through some steps to think mm-hmm. through, so what is my, how do I figure out where, how I'm seeing currently, how do I really want to be seen, what are some actions I can take with who, how am I going to go about that. Um, but there's all types of ways to approach it. From looking at getting help with how you interview, getting help with how a resume looks, because um, your resume speaks for you first sometimes. Yeah, or these that's the days, first step. You're,
3: yeah, absolutely. These
2: days you're applying online. Sometimes, usually it's pretty impersonal. You're going through a computer system and putting yeah. all the stuff in there about you. But there's still ways. I've seen many of those applications that came through um, a job posting system and people who still. Kind of really blew it by either putting nothing or too much or um, outrageous things in there or having tons of typos and didn't take the time to make it look decent sure, sure. or something. Just all kinds of things, people form perceptions very quickly, um, as you know. So that's what the whole watching your own brand, your own reputation um, Externally
0: is about so many on many installations. I'm sorry, Rudy, you were going to say. No, go something. ahead. Go ahead. On many installations, there is an education center, um, and I believe that a lot of the tests, psychological profile tests, whether it's Myers Briggs or those types of things, are offered at those educational centers either for a um, for free or for a very nominal price. I mean, not that much. And so. You know, what would be your advice if you have somebody that's separating off of active duty? Maybe they're maybe they're not separating the next year or so. Maybe they're looking at five. They're trying to set a plan right now. Maybe you're setting a plan three years out, five years out. Um, What are some of the things that they can do to help them identify that personal brand? Some um, some ways in which they can then uh ensure that they're finding their purpose and their passion, and early enough that they can apply certain principles to get them there when the time comes
2: okay, well that's good even even your question has a good piece of advice in it in a way is that earlier you can start if you haven't separated yet, but your your timing's coming up is to start doing some of that self work now, whether it is a resource that you could find on um installation uh, assessments and really start thinking about yourself, talking to others, reading some books and really kind of centering on this for a while before you have the need because otherwise many of you are probably in the position where when you do leave the active service you pretty much need to get a job. So Mm -hmm. um, you need the money. So of course get the job and the trap there is that you can get kind of stuck in that job forever. Um, One of the worst things that can happen is you take a job just for the money even though you know you won't like it. Um, but you get, keep getting promoted and keep getting more, and you realize years later that it sucked in. <laughs> yeah, time has passed by, and suddenly yeah. you've got the gray hair. But you, that but you could Rudy land into and a, Rob yeah. and I have. We yeah, <laughs>
0: but you could land into a position that um, allows you, as we were mentioning before, a stepping stone to a later yeah. career. Because if you can go in there, observe certain things. I certainly did it in my yeah. first position. I mean, I kind of came on as a consultant to an organization. Um, and it wasn't too long I started noticing that there were gaps within the organization that I felt I could apply my skills and expertise to and create a position and work together with the organization to do that and then of course applied for the job and and got it but I mean you can certainly get a job within an organization and you're going to find real quickly whether or not that organization has the culture that you that fits what you're looking for and whether or not it'll allow you that opportunity to create the position as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we don't want to advocate that you don't want to take a job that you don't like because you may be stuck in it forever. I mean, you, no. yeah, you certainly could if the culture and everything is right, I would think.
2: No, for practical reasons, you may need to take that job. Yeah. So, yeah. And even if Rob brings up a good point that even the worst job, the worst boss, Um, The nightmare job, you learn from it, right? Hopefully something about that you have learned and strengthened you or you're not going to make that mistake again or something. You can learn a lot from a negative experience and a negative role model a leader in a a company just as you can for, for a positive.
1: Um, that, ties so, in, that ties right into, Judy, to another question we have. Um, the, you know, how do you inspire yourself? Let's say you figured out that passion and, 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 or you've just transitioned out of the military and you're super excited, you're re-energized, and, and you know what your passion is. Um, how do you inspire yourself to, to keep going after a, a failure or a setback of some type? Uh, you know,
2: that's an interesting question because that may be very different for different people. Well sure so we all, it's we're situation, all yeah, because we're inspired by different things, right Each of yeah. us are inspired in different ways so it it's important to know first of all, what do I find that renews me? what is it about i I'm guessing for Rudy it's going out fishing in a really great place you know so we all have our how do you recharge? how do you reward yourself? what are the special things you can do um, to reduce your stress to fulfill yourself. For me, it was volunteer work and some of the things that I really enjoy doing, or quiet reading, or drawing, and we all have to have our own things. So if I'm not getting it, um, I've gotten, I failed at something, I've lost the job, um, or I'm just really unhappy where I am, I've got to figure out how do I get that in some other aspect of my life. Um, so the, I think the key is knowing when you're that you need inspiration, and not just letting mm-hmm. yourself kind of spiral down into negativity, Risk depression or other, you know, more serious sure, things happening. Sure. Let yourself really go into that kind of dark hole of, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I failed or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Find those things that inspire you and reward you. Hang around positive people, hang around people you love um, and they love you yeah. and support you kind of thing. Um, stay away from toxic environments and toxic people in your life if you can and keep yourself back on track. Um, of course, if it gets, enough you may need professional help and don't be afraid to ask for help mm-hmm. whether it's from somebody who could be a mentor who's been there done that not necessarily professional counselor or therapist sure. but um, just somebody who can offer you support and I know there's a lot of that type of help also for people oh yeah
3: well a, a
1: personal testament to that Judy is uh, Rob you already know this story but uh, I suffered from PTSD you know I was diagnosed with that uh, after all my uh, combat deployments and everything and I was in a dark very dark place for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, it got to the point, uh, you know, I was taking all kinds of meds for it and it it just, I was, I was miserable, you know? And, and I think, uh, you know, the solution for me is, is everything that you're describing is was my family. You know, my family was my leaning post, a wonderful wife of of 25 years and, and and my boys. And, um, it, it brought me back around and I was able to, to, to re-energize and refocus. You know, I wasn't that 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 loser that nobody or or nothing was going my way and just life was miserable and uh man i gotta tell you it's uh i hate to see it and unfortunately a lot of our vets right now are struggling with some of those issues and they you know not only is it intimidating transitioning out of the military but uh you know god forbid they go uh, before uh they they wanted to you know maybe they got got injured or medically retired or or, or something along those lines but uh well, because I, I think you're firing all cylinders there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Scott mentioned it last week as well, that in those types of situations, like you just mentioned, uh, Rudy, it may not be at their own fault, but all of a sudden they're forced into a transition sure. that they weren't prepared for at all, that they have yep. little time to actually uh, you know, build the plan and execute uh-huh. And maybe, you know, they can't find their passion or purpose fast enough in order to raise the income mm-hmm. um, to sustain their family or themselves. Uh, so it's a bad situation that happens rather quickly.
1: Tied, t- ties right back into what Judy was talking about. The, the earlier you get started, the better. You know, start early. Yeah,
2: yeah that's, uh, um, it's interesting as you're talking, obviously, the situations you're, you've experienced and others in the military expenses are very different than what mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up. But the parallel in the corporate world is a lot of similar things can happen to people who have risen up in leadership, and suddenly they fail. They're fired. They're demoted. Um, their responsibilities are cut. Or they didn't get mm-hmm. that one job they thought they always wanted, and the world is over, and why bother? Um, so they have the same kinds of just, how do I manage this disappointment? How do I get myself back? How does the organization see me now? And really worrying about how other people are thinking of them Um, as opposed to staying focused on, okay, so what do I need to do about this? Let's get practical. Um, how can I strengthen myself? How can I get more satisfaction from this job? I'm evidently going to be in for a while now, or am I going to accept this demotion, or am I going to actively seek a demotion, um, because I lost this, or I need to move under a different manager? Um, very, you know, the dynamic is the same. Of course, the context is very different. It's not typically, nearly as possibly life-threatening or as... All-encompassing as maybe you all have experienced, but I have coached and worked with some executives who, you know, they're at the point where they're starting to have physical problems and illnesses mm-hmm. and can't sleep and stress. Um, stress is so terrible. Up in it. Absolutely,
1: yeah. and Judy, and what you're saying, I, I, I directly see the parallel. I mean, it's very similar, and that's something that uh, uh, Rob and I have talked about quite a bit. Is is how do we uh, help our, our active duty and our and our veteran uh, military members? How do we help them bridge that gap and, and actually make that mental transition and and um, what you're saying, even though it's in a corporate world or an executive world, you know I, I'm authoring a book right now and I'll, I'll just go ahead and plug it real quick because it ties directly to this, but it's all about stress mitigation and how does that apply to Whatever it is you're doing. You know, my book is specifically uh, related to, to tournament angling and the stress involved with tur- tournament angling. And what I've been able to do was look back on, on not only my you know 25 years of, of soft experience but I've reached out to a lot of different uh, contributors to the book and it's a reader's digest style uh, where uh, I've got policemen and firemen and and, and teachers and, and just everybody and their brother contributing a, a stressful situation or a stressful story and at the end of the, each chapter I'll compare and contrast uh, on how to mitigate that stress and um, I, I can I can exactly see because uh, stresses stress has the same exact uh, psychological and physiological uh, effects on the body for everyone you know it doesn't yeah. matter if you're a, a bearded guy kicking in a terrorist door or, or, or an executive ceo dealing with uh, having to cut two or three people uh, that you like you know and uh, you'd be a force to stress is stress
2: yeah i spent some of my early career teaching stress management back when uh-huh. it was words were even first being used and there were different stress assessments and things uh-huh. and um so that served me well as a as a leadership coach now, because people tell me things and mention things. And um, what you talked about is, you know, there's all, we all have that, you've heard know, sort of the fight or flight. Um,
3: yes, yeah. Kind of
2: basic instinct. And um, even if I'm um, an executive sitting in a room and I'm kind of under attack, my idea is not going well, or I failed in some way, and people are giving me, I'm not going to get what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, the negative self talk of there may not exactly be a tiger in the room about ready to eat me. But it's the way I'm talking in my head, my brain, my body mm-hmm. thinks there is. I have geared up everything, you know, by my emotions and uh fear. Um so my you know, my uh body doesn't know there's not actually a tiger in the room sure, about ready sure. to eat me or kill me, and yet my body and all my responses are are, in, are triggered. And then chances are I'm not gonna be able to be at my best, right? How am I gonna really be be smart about how yeah, I yeah. handle this situation or reply or um Deal
3: effectively with
0: other people. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and stress is in di- so many different ways. I mean, we mentioned, you know, whether it's in the private sector or whether it's within our military soldiers. And I don't want to, um, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say one is higher than the other or this, that, and the other, because that's not. I mean, stress is stress. It's a that's bad, right. I right. mean, it's one of those things that you've got to find a way. Um, to deal with it. And of course, tying it back to finding your purpose and passion, I think the sooner that you're able to find that, that can be a lot of a stress reliever in a way because yes, it can. Yeah. I mean, you, you really then, um, start focusing more and applying that within the job. And even in a stressful situation, um, you still can find yourself. Um, and that's sometimes what is most helpful in the stressful situation is remembering again, who you are, um, Mm -hmm and what you bring to the table.
2: That's one of the uh, pieces of advice around writing down your purpose statement or um, personal mission or whatever you want to call it, writing down whatever it means to you and keeping it somewhere that you can go back and read and reread it. Um, For many years I had mine – how old I am, but well, they're not that old. In my old Franklin planner, um, <laughs> in a laminated whatever, and i yeah, I've it still got
1: TV. one of those, <laughs> yeah.
2: So that every Monday morning, the first thing that was there was I reread, I made myself do it, even though I pretty much memorized it. I reread my personal mission statement because it was motivating to me. It said positive things about myself that I could go, Yeah, you know what, I am damn it, I'm a really caring person, aren't I? By God, yeah. I'm a good, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, hey, I can do this, you know. So exactly. it just Just that constant repetition and having that to go back to, to remind me. And I would stop and think about, so Franklin Covey, the people, Covey Planner, kind of teach that about, so what am I doing this week that's even going to help me reach that mission? Anything? Well, what can I do then? What? Okay, I got all this at work. I'm not going to, I'm on this project or I'm doing this certain stuff. I'm building this thing. I'm doing this whatever. It's not going to be fulfilling. Okay, so let me find something at night. What One small thing can I do, even if it's five minutes, 15 minutes, something that's going to help me feel like I'm doing something that's relatively on purpose for me on my purpose on my mission or the weekend or the activity mm-hmm. or something I like, can I reach out to somebody anything so it's not easy but the danger is when we don't even um, think we need any of that kind of help and we just kind of let ourselves sink and isolate um, and not reach out to others or do all this self-help because there. are yeah. There are so many resources that are available. Luckily, the Internet and Googling, it's amazing what you can find out there um, for free. That It does take time, so it can't happen quickly. It's got to take a commitment of wanting to really do this type of thinking and assessment of yourself and the time to build and draft and revise and work on that mission statement.
1: You're, you're hitting the nail on the head there, Judy, and, and, and I don't want to stereotype the entire military, but I think it's safe to say that the majority of us, uh, again active war veteran um it, we think we're above that you know and 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 I I for certain uh I did it one time and and then you know it things got so rough that I I said man something needs to happen and I, and I started looking into it and researching it and and you have to want to make yourself better or to become better or or to try to yeah, you know once absolutely. you found your passion you have to want to pursue it yeah Absolutely. What are some
0: of the homework? You know, I was always given homework. We talked about that earlier. So what is the homework then that our listeners can take away from this um, to help them improve, um, get better, determine what their mission statement, passion, purpose is? Uh, What would you tell them to do right now?
2: You know, um, I've mentioned it a few times and we've kind of talked around it and you two certainly know this is true too, that uh, my homework would be. My advice would be to go out and, you know, get on the internet. Hopefully, you have access to that, and make yourself some time, force your time, to do some Google searching for things that we've talked about, like the value sort activity, the personal uh, mission statement builder. I sent out a tweet about that. That um, it's a rather lengthy free tool on the Franklin Covey site about how to build your personal mission. It walks you through about seven steps. Of answering questions, and then in the end, it kind of puts them all together in one big long document for you to look at, tweak, um, play with, revise. Um, so, st- homework would be reach out and find those tools that are already out there, um, and then also I would say talking to family, friends, coworkers, people who know you well, to say, you know, what do you, how do you see me? What do you see as my unique skills? Um, what words describe me? Uh, just to get that self-awareness up to build your self-awareness of where am I now, where's my starting place, and where do I want to go to? There are a lot of tools out there available, Um, books, resources, assessments, articles, because this is a pretty common, as you can tell, it crosses all types of people and nationalities and ages, pretty common search we all have in life to try to figure out our our meaning and our purpose of why am I here? Purpose of life. (laughs) Yeah, yeah pretty deep stuff but we all you know we struggle with it it's it's pretty rare to find a person who's known ever since they were a little kid yep here's what i wanted to be and i went for it and i did it and it's been perfect and everything about my life has been wonderful that's pretty (laughs) (laughs) well
1: i I did it i did it and then 25 and a half later it was going to kill me very young so (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) time for a change
0: so now you're on the uh you're on twitter and you mentioned that and we'll try to um continue forwarding some of that on and i think you're um uh, they can find you at at what is it at Wade Lucky Thirteen.
2: Ah, no, let me give you my uh, um, my business email. It's Judy J u d y at Ray Coach R a y e c o a c h Judy at RayCoach dot com. So if anybody, I, I'm obviously I'm be glad to maybe refer some resources to people and help them out a little bit Um, most of the coaching I do, the work I do, I'm I'm affiliating with organizations and people are hiring me through those companies so I'm being an independent contractor Um, but I know an awful lot of people who do career coaching, who do various types of work related to this, who do these kinds of assessments Um, I've made a career out of leadership development Um, obviously books and resources I I know about an awful lot of them that could be really helpful to people So if I can be of help to somebody, um, that's my email address.
0: And on uh, Twitter, though, you're uh, Wade?
2: Oh, actually, I forget. Yeah, it's Wade. Wade, Wade yeah, <laughs> at,
0: at Wade Lucky Thirteen. That's what you are on had, Twitter. Yeah. yeah,
2: I had to take a quick uh, uh, primer here to go. Uh oh, Rob wants me to get on. Well, okay, later. I remember.
0: Later. I remember. Uh, yeah, you, you haven't been on Twitter that long, and um, so I'm glad that you're on there. Um, people can certainly find you at that location. That's at Wade Lucky Thirteen. Um, you don't specifically go out and and look for people to be clients and everything. You're actually working more with the corporate side of it, correct? So just in case people ha- you'll be happy to answer the questions but you're not looking for individual clients or are you judy you froze up on me yeah
2: okay go ahead I don't know if- yeah i'm here can you hear me yep, I- you froze yep. up on me there but i got your question okay Am I coming through? okay um yeah i'm pretty much at this point my uh way I'm doing my business is through other organizations, working through them, so people would hire me through these other organizations, but if somebody contacts me directly, I can certainly figure out the best way, if they wanted to do some work together, um, to work with me, or refer them to other people. I'm glad to help them find just the right kind of person um, for them, if they're interested in doing this kind of work.
0: That's great. Uh, I really appreciate, uh, Rudy, do you have any other um questions? no right? i
2: think i think this
1: this information uh judy i, I appreciate uh everything you you've, you've brought up tonight um i mean it, it's it's hitting all the nails on all the heads i mean uh if, if again if you're if you're looking for uh, your passion if you're if you're trying to find your purpose uh whether it be uh within life or, or job or whatever uh you know this is some really good information here
0: Yeah, I highly recommend it. Again, uh, it was something that um, I utilized myself. And I'm glad that you came on and had the free time, uh, Judy, to join us on the show and Um, I think this will go a long ways uh, with uh, not only our veterans, but certainly with those who are on active duty trying to figure out the next steps and the approach and best plan and option for them to be able to transition, uh, finding your uh, purpose or your passion. We're going to talk about that, Rudy and I, a lot through these shows. Oh, yes. Um, We did with Scott, kind of threw him a curveball. I think uh, his his write-up that he did uh, was a really good one. Um, he kind of thought about that a little bit more and and that's really what you have to do is think about how it applies to you um, And again bounce those ideas off your family once again, judy Thank you uh, so much for joining the show uh, Look forward to working with you again in the future Actually, we have a lot of different segments that we may be calling you back on I threw about six different topics This seemed to be the one that was best suited for uh, this time frame uh, But I hope to have you back in the in the near future um, so that we can talk about some other areas that uh executive coaches, life coaches kind of focus on and certainly help our military transitional uh, folks as well as the uh, veterans. So
1: appreciate it. Judy, thank you you very much.
2: Definitely my honor. And by the way, this was on my purpose, so that's why it was easy to say yes. (laughs) There you go. kind of thing I like to do, so I'm going to disconnect here and be all jazzed up. All, oh, right. all right.
0: Thank you for giving me that experience. I appreciate it. All right. So, Judy, for, our, very much. for our listeners, uh, be sure to check back again next Sunday at uh, 9 p.m. We'll join you then. We'll go ahead and uh, uh, finalize this uh, recording here in, in a Posted out there on our website as well as iTunes and other areas. So we hope that uh, you get a chance to listen to it a couple times because you may find some things that you overlooked or missed that Judy pointed out. Uh, make sure you, you write down uh, her email if you haven't already so that you can reach out to her and contact her personally for any questions uh, or uh, opportunities that Uh, to help you or to find resources that uh, might be able to help you as well. So uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for uh, participating on our show and for being in the chat room. There were some really great questions, and we appreciate that. So uh, for Rudy, I'm Robert Gowan, and uh, appreciate it. Y'all have a great evening.
1: Thanks, guys.